You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. This is Derek, Derek, Derek. Diamond, Diamond, Diamond. Experience! What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 111 of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. As always, I am coming to you from the Gulf Coast of Pensacola, Florida. And today is going to be a really fun episode. As I've said before, I'm going to start having roundtable discussions at least once a month on this podcast. And this month's roundtable is about one of my favorite shows of all time, Cheers. That's right, that friendly neighborhood bar in Boston where everybody knows your name. And I was first introduced to Cheers uh, through my parents as a kid. I still remember watching it live in like the last couple of seasons that it was on the air. And it came out on DVD, I think, in the mid-2000s, and I actually saw the show from beginning to end. And over the last couple of months, I've been going back on Netflix and watching it again from start to finish. And I introduced my girlfriend Sarah to it, and we were just talking about it uh, at work one day when... uh, Josh Gay and Bill Lyons, two friends of mine, also co-workers with the Blue Wahoos, I found out they were both big Cheers fans as well, so I'm thinking, why don't we just talk about it on the podcast? So they came over and we actually had the full ensemble. We had beer, uh, peanuts, pretzels. It was really like a full Cheers-type setting. But we talk about you know some of our favorite moments, some of our least favorite, uh, just random things about the show in general. It was really no structure to it. And I think that's what was so great about it is I just hit record and we just started going. So hopefully you guys enjoy it. Um, If you're a fan of Cheers, you should definitely enjoy uh, this roundtable and leave a comment um, on Facebook or even on a review uh, on iTunes about what you think about these roundtable discussions or even if you have anything to say about Cheers Uh, favorite episode, least favorite, so on and so forth, definitely leave a comment because I always check to see if we have new reviews or new comments, and those are very much appreciated. But before we get to that, let me tell you about my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers. The Unicorn Wranglers are an indie rock band based right here in Pensacola, Florida, and they are very important to this podcast, and that's because they supply the theme music you hear at the beginning and end of each episode. And the song you heard today is Twin Peaks from their album Murder Mystery Night, which you can now find for free on Bandcamp. Just go to Bandcamp.com and search for the Unicorn Wranglers, and you can get Murder Mystery Night for free. That's my favorite four-letter word, free. You can also follow them on social media. They're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Wranglers. And finally, be sure to check out their website, theunicornwranglers.com. And without further ado, here is the Cheers Roundtable with myself, Josh Gay, and Bill Lyons. Sitting here with my two very special guests this week, I have sitting directly across from me, my friend Josh Gay. How's it going? Hello, friends. We're special guests. You are special guest. I'm and also, special. also sitting to my left, another good friend, Mr. Bill Lyons. Bill, how are you, sir? Norm! Norm! Yeah, you know, you got the Norm thing going on. Yeah, like, you, you do. You do. And you're rocking the, the Kevin Smith jersey, so kind yeah, of uh, 
calling on uh, some power from the podcast gods. Definitely, definitely some podcast power going on. Absolutely. So we're here to discuss one of our favorite shows, a show that I watched as a kid, got out of it when it came out on DVD. I watched beginning to end, and I'm going through and watching it from beginning to end for the second time. And that would be the show where everybody knows your name, Friendly Neighborhood Bar in Boston, Cheers. And I just realized Josh, you're wearing a Boston Red Sox shirt, so it's actually kind of perfect. I was looking for a uh, number 16 jersey in my closet, and apparently I don't have a number 16 Red Sox jersey, but that was uh, Mayday Malone's number. Was it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. See, I uh, I did not know that. Yeah. The uh, public access auction with the jersey that never sold. So. so they gave it to the the monkey, and yeah. then he and then and then he gave it away for free. Exactly. Funny uh, fact: um, not a lot of people may not know this, but when they wrote uh, the show, Sam was originally supposed to be a football player. Really? Mm-hmm. But when they cast Ted Danson because of his build, they said he looks more like a baseball player. Yeah, total ball player. He was yeah, a Patriots uh, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and they actually, you know, in the very first episode. They referenced the Patriots mm-hmm. yep. with having a lousy draft pick that coach couldn't decide if they needed <laughs> linebackers or not. They're up to their ears in linebackers. That's what Carla said. <laughs> exactly. My head, my head hurts so much. It was kind of cool with all the the Boston references. Like there's several Bruins right. references because Carla was such a huge hockey fan. Eddie Lebeck. Eddie, Eddie Lebeck. Lebeck. Yeah. Which, did you guys know, uh, like, they killed his character off. Do you know right. why they did it? No. So he was on a radio interview, and they asked him, well, how was his time on Cheers? And he said, well, it's brutal, to be honest. I hate kissing Rhea Perlman. It's the worst thing ever. <laughs> That's hysterical. So three I mean, weeks later, they kill him that. off. Can't, yeah. can't fault that. He's oh, and a uh, popular XM radio show now. Really? And he's, I think he's based out of New Orleans. Oh. Yeah. That's cool. I think everything's in New Orleans now. Pretty much. They film like every movie now in New Orleans or Atlanta. All the movies and Arcade Fire and and Eddie LeBeck. And you know what? Being being from Philly and a you know a hardcore Flyers fan, it was hard seeing all the decorations, (laughs) but but it was still the acknowledgement was still cool of like, oh, there's hockey and there's the Bruins, you know, it was still cool to see like the one episode with the Yankees fan. That Carly beats up in the first season, like that kind of interaction is great to see. Well, you really feel like you're in the city. Yeah, right? yeah. Even yeah. though you're only ever in the bar. Yeah, that's you feel- right. Especially the first, yeah, the first season. Se- they never leave the bar. Yeah, nope. the first season was only in the bar, and then season two uh, they started going to like, like Diane's apartment, Sam's apartment, and you know other places outside of Cheers. But what's funny, the back to the whole Eddie LeBeck thing. When he did that radio interview, the person who was listening was Rhea Perlman. Oh, no. So he, his, uh, his career was not long for that, for that show, which is a shame because I actually kind of liked I Eddie Lebeck. I liked character, especially after he became a penguin. Yeah. That was one of the best things. He became a penguin. <laughs> actually, I, I got a little, uh, little known fact for you there, uh, Norm. Do you know why they chose? <laughs> do you know why they chose the location that they did, the bar that they did in Cheers? Like where they did Cheers in Boston. You know what? I always wondered because why a bar like that would be under a high scale, like restaurant hotel. Yeah. Well, so literally they go to Boston, they look in the phone book, and they start calling bars in the yellow pages, and they got to the Bull and Finch, and that was the first one that accepted. 
And then when they started talking about this place, Diane had actually been there. Shelley Long had actually been to that bar. So they're like, oh, yeah, perfect. We'll just go to the Bull and Finch. Why not? It wasn't like uh, they went look scouting, whatever. They were literally just calling in the phone book. And the Bull and Finch is downstairs. And that's how it was born. But I can't imagine it like looking any different, oh, no. being in any different location. I mean, oh, the interior no. does not look like Cheers. No, it does not. I've, I've seen pictures of, yeah, of the actual inside. Because they, they use the exterior for like the outside shots of Cheers. And then the, Is the, actual the inside set. was an actual set. Right. They mm-hmm. rebuilt the set for a few years in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's still a fixture. Like it's still a, a bar you can go to. Yeah, it wasn't supposed to be permanent. It's like bubblegum shrimp. So yeah, it, it's right over there uh, in Fennel Hall, and it's really cool. It's a faithful representation of it. But yeah, the Bull and Finch is still a regular bar, just with cheer signs outside. Cool. I wonder if it's the same one that they used. Uh, Kirstie Alley did a photo shoot. I think after she lost all that weight from doing Dancing with the Stars, she did a photo shoot for I think Jenny Craig. There's a couple of them now. They did a they licensed it out and they closed a few of them down. I know there's one in England too. So really, yeah. Because hmm. I, I I was looking for like photos to use for promo graphics and I saw a picture of her and like they had rebuilt the set and in the background is. George Went and John Ratzenberger drinking. They used to have, um, actually, I remember like in the Charlotte Airport, I think, or the Atlanta Airport, they used to have a Cheers, like it was a franchise. It was like right. Chili's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had like fake Norman and Cliff out front. Yeah. <laughs> and it looked like Cheers, but then it had booths all over, you know, like a, a uh, uh, what is it, uh, Fridays or whatever. I remember seeing that on the one of the DVD special features. I think George went hosted like a little segment, and they had you know the the life size Norman Cliff and everything. It was really cool, actually. Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day. You mentioned George went his character. It's such an unlikable character if you really think about it. Norm is, you know, he's a drunk, pretty much. He's out of work. He's lazy. He's horrible to his wife, but he's so lovable. You love him from episode one till the very last episode. Yeah. And it's fantastic. He just, he pulls it off and he's such a, maybe it's because it was the time. He's such a man of the times, like, oh, the old ball and chain, you know. Yeah. He just made it work. It's obviously everyone's favorite character, pretty much. Well, and you can make the argument to me that he was the deepest character early on. Everybody else was like a cartoon character. Everybody else was this very flat, you know, Sam was the failed bar, uh, ball player, playboy. Diane was the academic stuck-up chick. He was the most authentic because from the get-go, he was, yeah, the, the drunk at the bar, but he had some depth to him. He had some sadness. He had this... this. Man, he was the most normal, really. Right. Yeah, yeah he, he, exactly. He loses his job. He's trying to host a party, and it goes terribly wrong when he's the only one that shows up in a toga. <laughs> Let the games begin. Norman Atoga. Something that I... Like, the writing from that show was so good... Because something that's like a favorite aspect of uh, that entire show from people that I talk to who have watched it are his one-liners when he comes in. Everybody yells, Norm, and Sam's like, oh, how's life, Norm? And he has, you know, just random one-liners. Like, my my favorite one is when uh, Sam's like, how's life treating you, Norm? And he says, well, it's a dog-eat-dog world, and I'm wearing milk-bone underwear. Yeah, what what's going on, Mr. Peterson? No, it's what's going in, in Mr. Mr. Peterson. <laughs> Uh, but no, Norm is, uh, he's definitely up there, but honestly, my favorite character is probably Frasier. 
And I hate, so uh, this is a discussion I had with the wife the other day. That's such a divide, yeah. I hated Frasier in the later seasons. And I really didn't remember a ton until I went back and watched of his relationship with Diane. That Frasier, the early Frasier, was awesome. I hated the show. I hated Frasier's spinoff show. Really? I hated it, and I hated the later years of Frasier as How a come? character. How come? I can't put my finger on it. He just, it was, again, I don't think he was a very deep character as it as the show went on. I think they had a shtick. They took what people liked and didn't like about Frasier and ran with it. Frasier was, a, again, another deep character in Cheers. He's jilted at the altar by Diane. He's He goes into this drunk tailspin, but he's incredibly intelligent. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's kind of like Sam... But the anti-Sam. Yeah. So that's... He's the intellectual Sam. Yeah. Right. And so I really like that. And then as the show goes on with with Lilith, he becomes a kind of a cartoon character. Again, a flat character. And I I just... I I never cared for him. And then whatever it was, that show, his brother, I hated his brother. I hated his dad. Yeah, God, I couldn't stand it. The actual spinoff, Frasier? Yeah, I couldn't stand any of it. You know, I, I yeah, that surprises me. I, I'm, I'm also not a fan of the Frasier spinoff. Now, I am a very big Kelsey Grammer fan. Yes, but the actual spinoff show, I just, I can't tolerate. You know, it's something that my grandparents watch, and they, they're like, oh, you know, these goofy guys. No, oh, yeah, exactly. The, these guys are goofs. Watch him. What? Watch his brother. He's a goof. You know. Yeah. But um, nice Philly. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, that's where I was going. But a good kind of full circle thing that I just found out recently about a month or two ago is that Christopher Lloyd exec produced um, a good bit of Frasier. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was actually one of my he favorite was... background characters in Cheers. If yeah, the artist. The artist. And yeah. he was just, he was that artist that painted Diane. But <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, I make love to everything I paint. Your most famous painting is of the Harvard Yale football team. Yeah, I spent three months in jail, <laughs> but I still get a few Christmas cards. <laughs> And that's just an example of how good like the writing was so on that show. Another side note, another fun fact. I guess I'm taking on the cliff roll here. So <laughs> the cold intros, you know, in the show, the cold intros are fabulous. Mm-hmm. What's funny, though, is they were essentially assigned to whoever the worst and most junior writers on the show were. And that was their way of trying to prove to get into the show. And a lot of times... They were failed jokes from the rest of the show that they just put them out there as this joke sucks. You're a terrible writer. We're just going to put you in the cold open, which to me, the cold opens. You could make an entire DVD of just watching the cold. Opens yes. And laugh your laugh your butt off. It's awesome. Well, there's like the one that comes to mind is the guy who is a janitor at the bio lab. And as soon as he <laughs> leaves, the everybody in the bar just starts scrubbing down everything is little things like that to me actually do a good job of setting up the actual episode, even if they have nothing to do with the episode, because they're usually really funny. You're like, oh, this this is going to be good. And then you watch the intro, which I didn't know this until I started reading it, but a lot of people didn't like that the intro wasn't showing the characters themselves and corny poses. It was like the old photos from like the 1800s, See, like and- in a bar. But, but to me, that made it stand out. Yeah, I, I actually I've been thinking about the 
intro credits a lot um, preparing for the show. As a kid, because you know we're 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 all roughly the same age, so we all saw the reruns of Cheers after it was syndicated. That show, the the opening credits, I think is one of the best in television. And I gauge that by if it makes an impression on you when you're a kid. You know, I used to think as a kid, mind you, that the show was actually cast from those, you know, 1800 stills because they put the names cleverly with the people. Yeah, but they kind of reflect that person. Exactly. Exactly. Like one of the most memorable for me is Rhea Perlman. Because with the green dress. With the green dress and, you know, the it coming being from, you know, South Philly, it both the actual show and the stills from the opening credits really um reminded me of like some South Philly bars that my dad had taken me to and everything. Yeah. And but anyway, so it resonated with me as a kid that when I got older and you know TiVo became a thing, you know, I was like, oh man, cheers. Yes, the intro, you know, everyone knows your name. So I would TiVo every single episode. And, you know, like Batman 66 comes to mind. You know, not a great show, but it's a fantastic show. And it had a fantastic opening sequence. You know, things Mm -hmm. like that. Well, to go on the uh, kind of dovetail off what you said, I actually did. I remember that was like the first must-see TV in my household. Mm-hmm. So I watched the first run of Cheers. Uh, obviously, I, I was not born yet when it first came out. But towards the end of its run, there were two shows we watched in my house. My dad was big on the Wonder Years. I hated the Wonder Years, other than Winnie Cooper. But my mom loved Cheers. So Cheers was like the show that we all sat down, everybody gathered around and watched. Now, what was really funny is Cheers like ran past my bedtime. And still to this day, yeah, I was, cannot stand the closing credits because it meant I had to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> so seriously, when we're sitting there watching, I'm sitting there at home watching these episodes, those opening credits, I don't fast forward through them like I would any other show. I watch the opening credits every time. The closing credits, I have to skip through all yawn. It's it, the worst <laughs> thing ever because I have to go to bed now because the show's over. It's funny because that's the exact same way of how I was introduced to it. My mom had to watch Cheers every week, mm-hmm. and I would stay up and watch it. And like you, as soon as the show was over, I had to go to bed. Like I, I distinctly remember watching, I think it was the last two or three seasons weekly live. I remember now, like going back and watching it, season six on, we didn't miss an episode. Yeah, um, we really did not miss an episode, and that's probably why season six is still my favorite one. That's the Eddie Lebeck. That's the first uh, real uh, Christy Alley. That's when Rebecca yeah. makes her debut. Yeah, so that's, that's really the season funny. I'm on right so now, actually. Hot. So hot. Yeah. Yeah, and like I didn't realize so she was that hot. hot. I, like when I was a little kid, I didn't care for. Her. So, but now I'm like, she was look who's talking, mom, to you. Yes, as a yeah. Kid. <laughs> that's it. That's that's yeah. it. Whereas, except that one really weird strip tease scene in the kitchen, yeah, that made you feel weird on a lot of levels. <laughs> yeah, see, and I, back then, even back then and now, I'm and I posted it on Facebook. Lilith is like, oh my god, she's my oh. dream woman. Out, out of all the Cheers uh, women, totally agree. I see. I got to give it up for for Christy, you know, for Rebecca, Miss Howe, you know, I'll Miss Howe. Any any. <laughs> Any way and how, if you will. 
But um, but Lilith, if the hair's down for no, me, I liked her with the hair. If up, the I hair's liked her down, buttoned up, you but you want her to teach you a she lesson. She kind of had the sexy librarian thing yeah, going you on. You want her with a ruler telling you to be quiet. Oh. That's what you want. <laughs> God, I love it. And this conversation got really personal really fast. Yeah, I'm actually <laughs> moving away from you guys. Sorry, I'm gonna have a little private moment, but. No, like I watched uh, one of my favorite episodes now, just because you get to see her in some awesome lingerie. Oh, was yeah. was the one where she takes uh, she bids on Sam at the auction and takes him up to the uh, mountains, their mm-hmm. terrible hotel room. Yeah, no, I I think I watched that one last night, so I think we're right around the same same time frame there. And Cheers never really shied away from sexuality. I mean, from the very get go, Sam's a playboy, but I mean that like you like you said that's part of kind of a flat character that he made more Ted Danson made more later on. But, you know, just about every episode, there's something highly sexual and it, it still maintained a family show somehow. Well, I want to bring up a topic here, a little serious topic. It seems like they did a very good job early on tackling issues that still are hard for TV shows, especially sitcoms to tackle. Yeah. They they tackled race, and especially very early on, they tackled the the gay stigma. I just mm-hmm. watched that yeah. episode. The, yeah. the guy coming look for like the old owner, and yeah, his, yeah. Son, his son came home with a gay son. He drove. He flew from like Seattle because yeah. he was so like bent out of shape about it. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, well even even yeah. the two people that were in the bar that Diane had planted in there to try and you know to mess with all the guys after one of uh, Sam's ballplayer buddies comes out. Yeah, yeah. they tackled this in the eighties when yeah. people just thought that gay people meant HIV, you know, and they they thought that it was you know terrible, and they made awful jokes about you know how they dressed and how they acted, and they made a really strong point by going. Yeah, the guys that were drinking light beer in the corner that don't have anything to do with sports, they were the straight guys. The gay guys were the ones that you were high-fiving in the back. Yeah. You know? So it was really interesting that they took that stand that early on. And in a city like Boston, which Boston yeah. was... Boston, you know, they were the last major league club to integrate. You know, they, they have a history of being... And not everybody in Boston, but they have a history of being kind of a racist town, a, a hard to accept it, town. It's it's really kind of any big city in the Northeast, and not just the big cities. Like I don't want to generalize, but race is pretty much an issue everywhere. Right, and yeah. it, it's different flavors. My experience um, from the Northeast, it's it's very closeted, you know. Well, and kind it's of funny. Thing. The last time I was in Boston, they had. And I'm not excusing racism by any means. No. But just like any of the other big cities, they have sections of town that yeah. are, you know, hey, this is Chinatown. This is this is the north end of Boston. It's very Italian. And it's really funny because Italians, for instance, they stuck together because they were they were persecuted. You know? Yeah. Well, they don't like anything that's not Italian. Same thing for it, the Irish. Right, the Irish. But it doesn't matter to them. What you are, as long as you're not Italian, you don't matter. There was one of the coolest things I've ever seen in Boston, and this is my last trip there. We were walking through the North End. Fantastic Italian food. If you ever go to Boston, go to the North End. Doesn't matter what place you go into. All of it's good. But there was like this club that it was like the Italian-American Gentleman Society of the North End of Boston. And it was like six guys. Very specific. 
it was six guys right out of central casting for your stereotypical older Italian guy. They all had slicked back hair. They, they reminded me of Carla's husband, Nick. Yeah, her ex-husband, Nick. They all <laughs> yeah. talked like that. They all catcalled like that. They were all sitting on the sidewalk doing nothing. And I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is, this is it. This is, this is the Italian stereotype yeah. in, in the flesh. And it was really funny because I think that, that has a lot to do with it. They were so proud of being Italian or so proud of being Irish or so proud of being whatever it was that in these large cities, that's how it came about. And again, Cheers tackled it head on quickly. Well, you mentioned HIV earlier. Something I didn't know until I was reading it earlier today, another little-known fact. Um, this didn't happen because of a writer strike that happened during Season 6, but it was actually going to end with Sam finding out that one of his previous partners was HIV positive. Right. And that was going to be the cliffhanger. It didn't happen because of the writer strike, but... God, that would have been a crazy cliffhanger how much, if that had happened. How much credit do we give the Charles brothers for tackling all of that? Because they were there beginning to end, you know. I don't know how much – I honestly don't know how much credit we give to them or to the writers, the actual producers well, I, I on give, the show. I give credit to, to everyone because to tackle issues like that, especially that early on – to me, was really like a group effort because everyone has to agree to do it. Yeah, I'll right. Go along and, with the, that. and the Charles, the producers of the show, they now they have some regrets too. But reading up on how they tackled Cheers and how they stuck with it and how they wrote characters, they really were involved. They weren't just your sit back and and let the show happen, let the writers take over, and then respond to ratings. Um, they really took it head on. Now, the one thing that I read, which was striking to me, is the one thing they regret is that they were one of the first serialized TV shows, sitcoms, that is, where you had to watch every episode. The first few seasons, it wasn't. They were all standalone episodes. Starting in season three and then continually building, they had two-parter episodes, three-parter episodes. Then they had continuing storylines. And... They blame themselves now for shows like Walking Dead or Breaking Bad or any of these other shows, uh, Grey's Anatomy or any of them, that are serialized so bad that you have to watch every episode because they'd have these cliffhangers. They'd have these 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 things that, oh my God, the to be continued where I have to tune in next week. And now they kind of regret that. And you know, I can't imagine having to wait week for week for each new episode because, you know, we... With our generation, we even really when it first came out, we had everything at our fingertips because it was syndicated already. Um, and I think it goes without saying that the show was a juggernaut. But if you really think back, this was a show that started in 81, right? Because it, uh, it went to 92. 82. I think it went from 82 to 93. Yeah, it was, it was later okay. on in the 80s than I thought 81. But yeah. Either way, it started in the early 80s and it went for 11 seasons. That's really unheard of, except for even Star Trek didn't run that long. It ran for, I think, seven seasons. 82. 82. Um, you know, there are 80 shows I really enjoy. Like, I love ALF because of its namesake, you know, mm -hmm. but it ran for only four seasons. And that's the appropriate time because the rest of the show was crap if it wasn't, you know, the ALF show. You know, but Cheers just kept going and going and going. You, did, you cannot get tired of any episode. 
it could have kept going even longer than it actually did, but Ted Danson didn't want to do it anymore. Right, and we saw the success he had after. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was a Becker. Oh, you didn't love Becker? No, 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 no. <laughs> you know, when I saw it, when Becker first aired, I was like, oh, it's the Cheers guy. Yeah, That's it's, exactly it, what I it's Sam Malone in a lab coat. Exactly. That's pretty much what it was. Yeah, still, still, yeah, because he was chasing skirts. He had yeah. a skirt problem. Yeah, yeah. But it, you're right that it, you know, lasting for 11 seasons. It's funny because I do remember having to wait every week, going, "Oh my God, what's going to happen next?" And the more and more cliffhangers that they brought on, the worse it got for me. And I think that's almost why people. So I remember clearly them doing the 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 finale. I remember the build up to it. Mm-hmm. You know, Three parter, right? Yeah, but the the actual it was a ninety eight minute finale. They had Bob Costas yep. host an intro show oh, wow. to the finale. Like, I mean, this is like a, a big deal. And I remember it still falling flat. Now it was the highest rated program of that season. It was the second highest rated program of all time behind Mash. But they thought that they'd have twice the audience they did. And I think it was almost this kind of this fatigue too. You said it could have kept going on. I don't know if it could have because I really think that, again, being serialized like it was. Yeah. Unlike The Simpsons, who is now the king of running long in South Park, there's really not... What else can they do in the bar? Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I agree that it should have ended the way it did, but like when I say it could have kept going, I mean that it was still really popular. Right. And... People oh, yeah. still would have continued to watch if it had kept going, but I think they ended it at the right time with it still being For generally sure. well-received and, and, and not staying overstaying its welcome. And you can really say that about every show, too, that is successful. Like, well, they could have kept going. Yeah, it's because you like it. There, <laughs> there there's are newer shows that, one in particular, that only lasted three seasons that I really enjoyed, but it ended well. And it ended amicably. It didn't fail. Just like, eh, three seasons. We're good. And I'm yeah. starting to do that with Walking Dead. I'm going and going, all right, where is it going to go? Or, to me, the other show that did well running long, just because they killed off everybody and then restarted, essentially, they would kill somebody off and bring somebody back, was ER. ER ran for a while um, and did a good job of it. But that's what Cheers would have had to have done. They would have had to have killed off Sam. Yeah. And then made Woody the title character or whatever it was. That was the original plan. Yeah. When Ted Danson was going to leave, really? they were going to make the show about Woody, but he said he didn't want to do the show if Ted Danson was leaving. So then they were like, oh, let's just go ahead and his, end it. His character could not have carried that show. Not not in the lead role like that. His, From a rating standpoint, though, Cheers was failing. I mean, it, not failing. It was one of the worst shows ratings-wise the first season. It was saved by critical acclaim. And it kind of built a cult following the first couple of seasons. But it wasn't until they brought on Woody Harrelson that it really caught on those strong ratings. Because as much as we love Ernie Pantuzo, coach, he didn't appeal to a lot of people. He was funny, but he was flat. He was old. You have this young, good-looking, dopey farm boy that was also quick-witted, mm-hmm. and you know he had a little bit of a name to him, Woody Harrelson there, and it just it grew. See, I was I was actually going to bring that up. The which dopey character do you do you prefer? And I, I gotta go, Coach. I gotta go the other way there. I just in in watching 
both versions recently. I just prefer Coach, you know, because even though he was still that dopey cutout character, there was something there, I think, that um, obviously was different with Woody. You know, Woody, like you said, he was a farm boy. So I just kind of felt like, oh, he's just some stupid kid that wandered into Boston, man. Like, like he's funny. He's great on the show. I just think Coach had more, the, especially with his history with Sam. Right. You know, that that's where Coach's stuff, because he becomes a parental figure, especially when Sam starts drinking again, Falls starts, starts yeah. boozing. You know, he, he he's really the one that gets Sam to stop. You know, you can make arguments for Frazier and Diane, but Coach is really the one that sees it. And is like, all right, I know what I need to do. Because he had been through it before. Because he had been through it with him before, exactly. Well, and let's talk about Coach 2. Two things that I texted Derek uh, over the last couple of weeks. Coach served time or served for the Navy in Pensacola. Mm-hmm. So some local ties. And he played for the Birmingham Barons. Who the Pensacola Blue Wahoos play every season. Yeah, exactly. So Coach has some local ties. So uh, awesome. he does. I did not know that. Yeah, that's, that's one cool. of the episodes, he was like, yeah, I served in Pensacola. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Right. Well, and when his uh, his former teammate that died, and he did the funeral service for, and he's like, "Yeah, we played together for the Birmingham Barons." And this is the first time I've seen the episode since I've worked for the Wahoos. I'm like, "Holy crap! Yeah, exactly. that's awesome!" Yeah, and I liked Coach's sincerity and his fatherly figure, but I don't think that he was driving the show in any way. No, not driving it at all. But no. but then again, even, you know, because obviously coaches in the earlier seasons, you know, you look at some of the characters early on, um, Carla comes to mind immediately. I did not like Carla going on, and I actually saw the transition of what they did to make her, at least for me, more maybe likable or tolerable. She had a little bit bigger role starting on, yes. and, it, and it was getting to be kind of like nails on a chalkboard, and then I skipped a few seasons ahead, and literally, it's just one-liners walking by. Right. That's her That's her only line. That's 80% of her lines going forward is just one-liners to Cliff and Norm going well, by. And that's well, they also started introducing more characters later on, right. so she kind of... You know, went more, went, to, the went more to the background. Yeah. Originally, they started with just the four original characters, and when they started shooting test shoots, the side characters took on more important roles. Norm became a regular character. Cliff was not a regular character in the first season. Right. He, he wasn't even the first episode, was he? Was he? Not, man, now you're... He might have been in the background. Right. Funny, funny story about John Ratzenberger, not to cut you off, but he actually auditioned for the role of Norm. Norm. But he got turned down, and then he's like, "Hey, do you guys have like a a know-it-all character? Because every bar has one of those people." And they thought it was perfect. Yeah, and that's how he got the role of Cliff Clavin. And it's funny as a kid, I actually thought that all the knowledge that Cliff spewed out was correct. <laughs> that's the funniest thing. <laughs> like, seriously, I was like, "Oh my god, this guy is is you is know, it?" You'd go to school and like, oh yeah, try to school your teacher. And there was a there was a Cheers board game. And it was like my favorite board oh, game. Oh, I need ever. that. Can we go on eBay? Yeah, find exactly. it? Yes. Yeah, and so it had coasters. And it had a Norm set of coasters <laughs> and a Cliff set of coasters. I have to have this board yeah, game. It's, it, it, it's fantastic. And you'd flip over the Cliff ones, and they were all these odd facts. And to me, I'm like, I'm learning. I'm gaining this valuable knowledge about that whatever no it is. no one else has. Yeah, and it's just all BS. 
Complete BS. You know, at a Dragon Con a couple of years ago, uh, Ratzenberger was there, and I had the opportunity to be like first in line. It wasn't even at his booth yet. And I wanted to meet him so bad, but at the same time, I was like, you know what? I don't have anything original to like bring to him or say to him. Just be like, Cliff, or, you know, Ham, you know, I don't, I, I wanted, now that I know about the Cheers board game, next con, baby. Yeah, get that <laughs> signed, get a couple of those coasters signed. I'm all about getting unique stuff signed. People, you know, like, autograph hunting is not where it's at. It's not about autograph hunting, it's about memory hunting for yeah. me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and having unique items signed. Now, oh, something I did want to, kind of one of the typical questions that I ask, but... All-time favorite Cheers episode. So I was looking this up the other day, and the uh, the Thanksgiving Orphans is the number one episode. I didn't really... Okay, it ended in a food fight. That really wasn't, wasn't one of my favorites. I also, not included on the DVDs, I don't know if it was on your set, but the DVD set does not have the Christmas episode, and the Christmas episode was terrible. And so I'm trying to think of, of my favorite... I have to say, just because he's my favorite background character, the one with John Cleese as the famous psychiatrist. Yes. That's got to be my favorite of all time, where, where Sam oh, he and was... Diane keep busting into his hotel room. He was fantastic, and it was also tackling whether or not Sam and Diane were right for each other. And at you know, kind of the end of Sam and Diane. So I think, to me, that's probably my favorite episode. I, I really don't... It's really hard to pin down a favorite episode with with so many. Um, I think I like when we dealt with Cliff. When we the episodes that dealt with Cliff's personal life, because you went from like oh this you know goofy guy to oh this guy has feelings and they're yeah. his house you know they're gonna take his house with his mom yeah and you know it's and the episodes where I forget her name where he gets the girlfriend and they move in. Mm-hmm together um you know i really enjoyed that episode again just seeing different aspects of the characters and i'll tell you what an episode i just watched today you know just skipping through all the seasons was when they first introduced rebecca howe Mm -hmm. i loved sammy's return and the editing in that episode especially between sammy and rebecca is so great their back and forth is so great that when people which i'm sure we'll get into at some point before this podcast ends is, you know, Diana, Rebecca, you know, for me, that episode makes the Rebecca argument because Rebecca was a a true comedian. My, in my opinion, she had that same delivery, the wittiness. She was the true counterpart to whatever Sam was. Yeah. She could dish it back out. They thought, you know, it's so funny because you think about it and you're like, Oh yeah, Diana is the opposite of Sam. No, not at all. She is, Different than Sam, but man, the anti-Sam, the kryptonite to Sam is Rebecca Howe yeah. because she can fire it right back at him, and I love that about Rebecca. Because even though she was ambitious, she wasn't the like the yuppie cardboard cutout character that Diane was. I cannot, you know, there are, in the later seasons, there's something with Diane that I can get behind where she kind of picks up some of the Cheers crew's mannerisms and you see that in one of the episodes you know where when Sumner comes back back and and he's like what have they done to you when she says cut the crap and he's like he's like cut the crap what are you talking about yeah exactly um 
but they but, also, but I find yeah. myself, you know, skipping over her dialogue on Netflix. I hated Shelley Long. Hated her. Can't stand her. Hated Diane. Ruined the finale for me. Hated her. I think Derek probably liked Shelley Long. So you you didn't like that she came back for the finale? None. I I wish that she would. <laughs> I wish that she would have run off with with whoever the pilot was in that that awful episode. The guy who was just like Indiana Jones, whatever. Where they he, Diane and Sam were up in the airplane together. I wish that would have been the guy she ran off with, and that was it. Done. I hated her with a passion. Can't stand her. And if I see Shelley Long now, I get angry about it. So before I answer the Shelley Long, Kirstie Alley question, I, I got my girlfriend into watching Cheers. She had never seen it before. She uh, has made it to season six when Kirstie Alley shows up. And this is what she sent me when I asked her what she thought. So I have a bit of a thinker, but I find it interesting that it took them five seasons to make Shelley Long's character crazy over a man and not even one for Kirstie Alley's character. I'm not sure if the writers were a bit biased because there hasn't been a single female character that's been appropriate, really. They are all either drooled over by the guys or they're crazy. As much as Rhea Perlman is a regular actor on that show, I'd still put her in the crazy category due to her anger issues and paranoia or superstitions. Even Frazier's girlfriend was a little crazy in my book. This is just my opinion. That's you know what's funny, though, is I don't think, other than Norm now thinking about it, I think all the men, the male characters are all offensive, too. I mean... Look how they acted at, at like Sam's bachelor party. Look how they acted. Yeah. Period throughout the show. I think it's also a sign of the time. It is, but Norm was the only balanced one there because even at some point he admitted that he loved Vera and he was just screwing around with the guys. And that, yeah, and that took season eleven. Yeah. Well, no, he did it earlier on, but then he went right back to the old Norm. Yeah. yeah. Right before the Thanksgiving uh, episode where yeah. she walks walks in covered in cake. Random fact, George Wynn is actually married to the woman who played Vera in that episode. Did we actually see her? I didn't think nope. we ever saw her. Okay. The, o- the only two times that you really see or hear from her is that Thanksgiving episode. Thanksgiving. And then there's a cold open when the bar is closed and it's dark. All the bar stools are on the bar and you hear the phone ring and then the answering machine picks up and it's Vera asking where Norm is. Hangs up, immediately calls back. And she's still asking. She's like, Norm, I know you're at Cheers. Pick up the phone. And then hangs up, calls back, and just says more stuff. That's the only time you really see or hear from Vera in 11 years. Vera is a pretty much a, a background character. What about your favorite background characters? Because Cheers had some really good ones. Now, I don't know. I'm not talking about like Frasier, who started off as kind of a bit player in Lilith. But like, who's your favorite like cameo or bit player? That, that came through. Al was fantastic. Al's great, and he was there for forever. Yeah. Oh God. Um, who's the guy? I forget his name. I'm blanking on it. Uh, bald with the glasses. Paul. 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 Yeah. Because he slept with Carla when she was really drunk during one of the episodes, and I remember she just looks up at the sky and screams, and it fades out and goes to commercial, and when it comes back, you still hear her go ah. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. I actually had this real, um, I don't know, adoring attraction to um, Woody's girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Kelly. Kelly. Oh, oh God, I love Kelly. Kelly. Kelly, 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 Kelly. Kelly, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly was, um, you know, the blonde, rich, airhead character, but 
She was just so Everyone cute. Everyone I went to high school with. Yeah. <laughs> she was just so cute that you couldn't help but not love her. There was no, there wasn't like a prejudiced bone in her body and she didn't care what her parents thought. It, it took a couple episodes to bring her to reality on a few things and that got a little frustrating. Like, you just want to like shake her like, come on, Kelly. Just, yeah. Just be with Woody. Come on. But just get with the program. Get with the program. I mentioned him earlier. I love John Cleese's character. Yeah. I also loved Harry. Harry the Oh, hat. Harry was fantastic. Harry the hat. Yes. And, and the, Harry and he the was hat. real regular early on, uh-huh. but then Night Court. That's a great you know, he one. Ended yeah. up, he ended up taking on a Night Court. He was one of my favorites. He uh, came back for a couple of like yeah. one off appearances. I mean, and just, just to come in and like make Woody make change. Wasn't and, he yeah. in the finale? Was he in the I can't remember if he was. I feel like he showed up and it was actually a really, if it's not the finale, it was really close to the end and it was actually a really deep-ish scene for that character. He I'm, might have I, been. If I remember correctly. Because I remember the one episode when Coach's friend who ended up being like another swindler like took, yeah. took all of his money and Harry helped him get it back oh, yeah. with, the, with the whole that poker was, thing. You know what? That might actually be one of my favorite episodes. That's up there. And I also like Robin. I loved oh Robin, Robin Colcord yeah, yeah I loved Robin's character and you know it's really funny because I'm now looking back and I'm realizing though a lot of times I like the actor not the character yeah and Robin you know he was the sheriff of Nottingham and Robin Hood men in tights yeah I mean just great character John Cleese is a great actor Kelsey Grammer a great Kelsey character Grammer. and you know I mean Kelsey Action. Grammer he still can't out Mel Brooks Mel or uh, Mel Gibson Mel Gibson. He can't out Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. He's trying. Keeps trying. God bless. He him. gets an effort for trying. Yeah, but I mean he's there. But action yeah. hero extraordinaire, Kels yeah. Grammer. Another one is uh, I think he was introduced in like the later seasons, but the guy who owned Melville's, Ooh. the owner upstairs, like the bald old guy yeah. who would screw with Sam. Old Town Tavern. Because Gary. he owned the bar. Oh yeah, Gary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gary, yeah. Well, the the bald guy he, he owned the bar at some point, didn't he? Or he owned a portion of it. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. He owned like the back room i think yeah because i remember there was a big dispute about they they put a wall up yeah that's right yeah but uh yeah like gary's gary's uh, old town tavern some great episodes the the pranks oh yeah some great episodes of that there wasn't there like a halloween episode when gary like faked his death well and then yep and he because you know the whole time it's a prank yeah prank but at a certain point, you're like, oh, maybe it's not. Maybe he really did die, and then sure enough. And then he shows up. He then, shows up. Then they follow that up with a St. Patty's Day episode uh-huh. to where they go lock up Gary's on St. Patty's Day, the biggest day of the year in Boston. And it turns out Gary's out of town. Well, they don't know that. So Sam and Cliff and Norm and all these guys, they go shave Gary into the top of their heads to get their own penance because they they can't bear waiting to see what Gary's going to do to get back at him. Turns out Gary was out of town the whole time. Yeah. And Sam, of course, did not shave his head. He put on a bald cap and shaved it. Yeah. Well, that that whole rivalry thing was really cool. Like They did, like, softball. Uh, there was the bowling episode. Oh, yeah. When uh, Woody was, like, scared to bowl because he had taken out some guy King when he bowled. Yeah. God. Like, <laughs> I didn't even think of that. <laughs> What a great, terrible movie that was. Yes. Scott, I thought about Woody and Kingpin, man. That's the first thing I thought about when Woody's like, yeah, well, I hit so-and-so in the head with a bowling ball. I didn't even put that together. Bad bad memories with Ishmael. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to go back and watch Kingpin now. I think it's on Netflix. I think so, too, yeah. 
I, I haven't seen that movie in so long. And, you know, the, the rivalry and there were a few things they added to the show that took us out of the bar a couple times, thankfully. And, you know, going back and watching it, it was like, oh, uh, they didn't really go anywhere. But Carlos like, House a few times. Carlos House yeah. a few times. Those are great. Clips Apartment. Um, I think we were in Norm's house once. Mm-hmm. Um, they took that road trip, Norm, Cliff, and uh, I want to say Sammy was with them too. Yeah. And they had, oh, yeah, when the car broke down. When the car broke down, mm-hmm. they kind of, after they, you know, fiddled with each other, they finally banded together and got through it. I don't think Sam would fiddle with the guys. <laughs> you got, you got me. That wasn't the right verb. That reminds me of. When like one of Frazier's first episodes, when he's like having a therapy session with Sam, and oh, he yeah. grabs his head and he's like, "Let some fresh air in there." And Sam's <laughs> like, "Frazier, I don't like guys touching my head." And Frazier's like, "Oh, that's our next session." <laughs> exactly. You know, and what's funny though is I'm just thinking back to the original episodes. We were in the even house though, too. Even though they didn't build up Sam as much of a, a deep character, they wrote a wonderfully tragic character. I mean, he's this funny ladies' man, but how sad is it that he doesn't want to commit to anybody? He's a failed athlete. He's a drink himself out of baseball, drink himself out of marriage. And he owns a bar. Yeah. That's and, my favorite part about it. And they have Rebecca bring all of that up in her right. in her initial appearance. She when you know, she's given the job out of pity and he's like Are you, are you sure it's not, you know, pity? Maybe it's the shirt. And, and she lists that Almost word for word, that exact list you just said. That's it. And, and the uniforms. And the uniforms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, those uniforms. I thought I was at a circus. Yeah. Would you have changed anything about the show if you had the ability to? I think I would have changed Carla a little bit. It got, like I said, they kind of changed her into the one-liner machine, which is fine. You know, it's very enter- entertaining, but I would have liked to see more done with that character than just the Eddie arc. And for me, I would have loved to have seen Sam and Rebecca end up happily ever after at the end. Instead of the whole Diane debacle. Yeah, oh yeah. I wish Diane would have just like jumped off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> or Mary Cliff, who knows? But I had no idea you had such a huge grudge towards Diane I, Chambers. I it's hate just, it's just because of it. Like the Money Pit, can't watch it because the entire time, all I'm picturing is Diane Chambers with her little friggin' pilgrim outfit on, or quoting poetry, bad poetry at that. And that's all I think about. She cannot be taken seriously. If she was in the best movie ever, <laughs> if she was in the next Star Wars, I, I'm so, I would hate I'm it. I'm so scared right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm angry. Now that you say that tomorrow, Shelley Long cast in Star Wars Episode Eight. I will be so conflicted. I'll like, I will look up online ahead of time spoilers so I can leave the theater when she's in there. Darth Diana. <laughs> so what's funny about this is I had talked to you about maybe even dressing up for the podcast, and originally kind of did. I thought well, but I thought about like going as. Because somebody had for Halloween the the guy in the uh, the last scene in the opening credits that was at that was at a con yeah a guy dressed up uh, you know the the last picture in the opening credits they zoom in on the guy with the the derby hat and he's holding like the wine glass I was actually gonna bring that up yeah yeah a guy dressed up at a con as that character and he had plastered on his 
uh, wine glass, the created by the Charles brothers. Oh, and so and, and, and it was Burgess, yeah. like you yeah. had the titles mm-hmm. right on top mm-hmm. of them. That's yeah. awesome. It was the exact same font and everything. It was and see, awesome. I thought about, so I made two phone calls and they were unsuccessful. I was actually looking for a very like prairie girl dress and a blonde bell shaped wig. <laughs> and I was going to come as uh, Diane Chambers, but Apparently that didn't work out. It was a last-minute thought, so here I am just in a Red Sox polo. If you had done that, we would have made this a video podcast oh, yeah, on YouTube. I've thought about bringing my, my camera, then I remembered you have those toys. What about you? What, what would you change? Um, well, I know you guys aren't really Diane fans, but I would have liked her to have stuck around for maybe another season or two. Now, Because if- she... She made a huge career mistake. She did by leaving Massive. that show because and it was at the worst time. Because what did she do? She went on to star in the Brady Bunch movies, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, and that was really what she was known for. And what's funny is they actually because uh, Cheers was filmed as, as we know in the beginning of every episode. Cheers is filmed in front of a live studio audience. They actually filmed an ending with Sam and Diane getting married. Yeah. And yeah. then, because they didn't want people to know that Shelley Long was leaving, so on a closed set, they filmed the ending that you saw. Now, I will, I will say this for, for the Diane character. She was getting there. Slowly but surely, she was becoming bearable. But, you know, I still, obviously, I'm still very pro-Rebecca, as Josh is as well. But still, when they bring her back for the finale... You know, I keep I hate to harp on the finale over and over, but they bring her back and she's right back to like I'm skipping her dialogue because I cannot I cannot stand it. Well, and there's a whole reason that I think that happens. And in season three, when we entered, were introduced to Frasier, and it's also the last season of Coach. Mm-hmm. There's two things going on. They filmed the season out of order because Shelley Long was pregnant. So there's a whole reason why she's in Europe with Frasier. Not with the rest of the cast. They filmed that rapidly. <coughs> Excuse me. They filmed that rapidly while she was pregnant. Hmm. They had to film the rest of the cast by themselves. So the finale was actually the first thing filmed in season three. And so looking at how they built things, Coach was also failing in health. And you go yeah. back and you look. Yeah, he had heart issues. Yeah. And you look, though, he lost a ton of Yes, weight. he did. And you would see him, and in various episodes in, in, in season three, of course they'd find reasons to explain away him being gone, but there was one episode where he looked, he had lost 15, 20 pounds, he was caked in makeup, and it was awful. But I think that that right there hurt Diane in the long run. They had a real long. kinship going on. Right. Yeah. The fact that while Coach is going through this, while Coach is, <clears throat> is failing in his health, the rest of the cast is bonding together, and they're doing a great job at covering for it. She's off getting pregnant <coughs> with Frazier. Sorry, peanut in my throat. Which, by we, the ha- way, we have the full ensemble of pretzels and beer nuts here. Which, by the way, these peanuts are fantastic. I feel like I'm eating like crunchy peanut butter straight out of the jar, which, as we all know, is how you eat peanut butter. I hate peanut butter. <coughs> so that's probably why I'm dying right now. Shout out to planners. <laughs> <laughs> Please yeah. sponsor this podcast. Yeah, send some cases. But, Derek Diamond Experience. But I think that's part of why planners. it was. Is I think that she was gone for the whole season. She was raising a kid. 
the whole deal. So her character development missed an entire season. Well, she was only able to develop with Fraser. With Fraser. Well, I also think that Coach dying hurt her character because it really, you did. know, Sam. As much as they like had the on again, off again relationship, he gave her a hard time for the most part, and so did Carla, so did Cliff, Norm, all the other ones. Coach was really her only true friend. He was he was her moral compass on the show. Yes. Again, Coach is the one that thinks to go to her to get Sammy back on the wagon. Yeah. Right. I was going to say, um, I don't know. Keep going. Exactly. <laughs> Europe. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's what that's what it was. That's what it was. What do you guys think about Sammy chasing her to Fraser's wedding? You know, I think it says a lot about the depth of Sammy's character. And that's really where... Sammy's character takes this jump from he's teetering on the 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 side of being again a flat sitcom character to being a, a dynamic character when he runs after Diane and also the the episode on the sailboat those two episodes to me really show that man he is a deep everyman character and I mean I and not to get too into the life of Josh Gabe but <laughs> I can relate. I mean, there was a time where I was in a serious relationship, and afterwards, I was just on the Sam Malone revenge tour. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it really is. It's funny, because I watch back, and I'm like, man, I used to do those same things. You know, like, I used to think the same way and act the same way, but when all it is is this facade of I'm trying to hide behind beautiful women and great times and partying and all that other stuff when all I really want is someone else to connect with me. Yeah. And when he finally does, number one, he shows up to Europe and they're not there. Or he's on the sailboat and he proposes and she says no. (laughs) Yeah, I remember that. You know, so those two times really show me the depth of Sam's character and it really took that leap from typical sitcom with good writing to this is a sitcom with a weighty, a real heavy plot line. Yeah. That that goes beyond the scope of of, of even Mash. You know, because mm-hmm. Mash was the previous landmark. And when you have a Mash podcast, right? And you, you, you never you, watched Mash. Oh yeah, my God. It, was, it was okay. And then it jumps into Seinfeld, which touted itself as a as a show about nothing. And I'm a huge Seinfeld fan, but. It touted itself as a show about nothing. Anytime they even carried over a plot, they tried to get rid of it as quick as they could. But that really was the the one that carried the torch, to borrow a a term from Cheers. They carried the torch from Cheers on, uh, even Friends. But that was, to me, what separated Cheers from other shows, is that you had this main character... That wasn't just the stereotypical character. He had depth, and those were chasing Diane to Europe was the start of the depth of Sam's character. And yeah. to, to piggy on that point a little bit, they voice it on uh, Fraser's first entrance into the show. Um, he's like, Diane has told me that you're a very open-minded person, and he really is. Like, for, a, for you know, I don't want to generalize all ball players or anything, but for, like, a ball player who was – once a drunk and is just like a just has some Boston bar like he's a real intellectual in his own way and you know he's the guy that everyone can trust exactly and I think it's you know obviously this is probably things that maybe the writers didn't even think about we're dissecting it a lot 
But I think having to lick his booze problem might have brought that out in, in that character. Yeah. Of like, I need to become more than myself to, you know, stop boozing and get my what's left of my life back together. And I think that opens, when you do it the correct way like he did, I think that opens up the door for the rest of your life. Well, and that brings me to season six through eight where he doesn't own the bar. Mm-hmm. And it's really funny that it's a big character builder for him, right? And it's so funny because when it's first explained that he's a drinking, he's a drunk with that owns a bar. He's like, yeah, well, you know, I bought it when I was having more fun times, you know. And so it was almost like this regrettable decision that he owned this bar. But starting in season six and all the way until uh, the the finale of season eight, where he tricks Robin into. Uh, or he turns Robin in for for investment fraud. That's still his bar, and mm-hmm. there's all these little quips, and they keep building bigger and bigger. You know, well, I'll lock up, and Rebecca's like, "Well, it's not your bar anymore," <laughs> and all that just keeps continuing and building. And it really shows, though, that he is this guy who's trying to recover from this this alcoholism. But God, this bar, this. Establishment of drinking and debauchery. Well, he says it. It's his home. It is. It is. It's the closest thing he has to his home. Well, and that's a thing that's really touched on in the finale is when Sam comes back after, you know, not going off with Diane. Norm says that you can never leave your one true love, and that one true love is the bar. Such a great line. And this is after, mind you, when he goes off on. Norman, everybody saying that it's just a damn bar. Yeah, yeah. Just you know, go leave everybody. Go home. You know, but again, it was a great way to end it with him coming back. I will say, you know the the Diane stuff aside, I loved the last episode of Cheers because when you first watch the first episode of Cheers, it has Sam coming out of the back room with the box of stuff, sets it down. You know, he's opening the bar. In the finale, the bar's closed. He tells the guy, which I always wondered who it was, and it was one of the creators of the show. I can't remember who it was, but tries to come in. And, Sa- brothers, sure. and Sam says, sorry, sorry we're, we're closed. closed. And then he adjusts the, the picture of Geronimo, which was in Nick Colasanto, who played early, early, right. Ernie Pantuso, uh, his dressing room. Right. And then he walks to the back room, and that's how the show ends. To me, that's the perfect way of bringing everything full circle. And to me, so far, I have never liked a really good television show's finale. I was, I was going to say, it, they're getting better in the modern age of television a little bit, but really good cathartic endings are few and far between. You know, like we mentioned earlier, shows can go on and on and on because a good show is always going to have the following. It's always going to have the ratings. It's always going to have the sponsors. You know, it's never not going to make money. But being able to end it in the right way is very rare. Well, and end it realistically, too. And that's the the problem I have is I really wish that the show would have ended with somebody just coming in and going, yeah, by the way, rezoning. Sorry, choose is closed. <laughs> and, you just wanted everyone's worlds to be shattered. And that's it. You know, and like I hated that and like I hated Seinfeld when they ended and it's this whole trial and they brought Spoiler, up, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we've got like to me, spoiler alert. I think I think the spoiler limitation has reached this point. <laughs> spoiler alert, uh Darth is Luke's father. What? what? 
That's a, that's a Cheers thing. You know, there are people that haven't watched Star Wars, and I slap them every time. Yeah, but no, that was that. Woody was like, they don't even have the last name, the same last name. That's it in Cheers. But it, like, I hated that they tried to end it, trying to tie up too many bows. You know, and like, even you know, one of the better shows that's recently Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Oh, this wonderful ending where everything's kind of okay. Well, yeah, spoiler alert again main character's dead, it's all done, nothing can happen. Well, no, I just I want something realistic. You know, I really do want something that just, you know, the wire, hey, yeah, you know what? New politicians, everything's going great. Uh, we're shutting your department down. I want something realistic because the show really did build, yes, it had camp to it. But Cheers had this realistic touch, this thing that we could relate to with everybody. Give me that in the ending. Give me something real in the ending. Well, you're also dealing with a sitcom, though. Shut up, Bill. (laughs) (laughs) Not realistic enough for you? Um, You actually posted on uh, Facebook a few different... Some some questions? Take take some... Josh posted, Derek, Bill, and I are doing a podcast tonight on one of my favorite TV shows, Cheers. A few questions for you all. Answer one, answer all. Just help out. All right, question one was favorite background character. We tackled that. Da- tackled mm-hmm. it a little bit. Daniel Paquette said Coach. Kristen Lynn said Lilith. She She's underrated yeah, in my Lil- mind. Again, Lil- well, and Lilith, according to like TV talk, she became a regular season seven through 11. Yeah. She was a background character five through five and six. And I actually really like her reprises on the Frasier spinoff. Those are some of the few episodes I I actually like because you don't you only other see cheers Frasier. characters reprised as well. Yeah, I, I think Norm showed up and they Sam did, showed up at one point. They did like a mini Cheers reunion in right. like yeah. season nine. Right. But it wasn't at Cheers, it was in an airport bar, which right. was kind of weird. Yeah. But uh let's see, Sam showed up, Diane showed up, and they finally like quelled their grudge of her leaving him at the altar. Um, it's not canon. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Not the canon argument. We apologize that half of this podcast has been Diane bashing a uh, little bit. Not a whole uh, lot. That's all good. Let's see. Uh, I'm not sorry. Wade's, sorry, not sorry. Hashtag. Wade says Harry. Yeah, Harry the Hat's a good one. Yep. Angela Barfield says Coach and Fraser's wife. Lilith. So, yep. Got a, lot, got a lot for Coach and Lilith. Let's see. Character you couldn't stand. Uh, Kristen Lynn says Diane Chambers. <laughs> All right, Kristen, we're we're friends. Welcome to the club. We have pins. Wade says <laughs> Diane Chambers. Why does everyone hate Diane Chambers? Of course, I like Michael Mooney's uh, responses. It was just Norm, 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 Carla, Carla, Carla. So Norm is his favorite background character, his least favorite character, kind of all of it all yeah. in one. So he loves and hates Norm and loves and hates Carla. Yeah, that's dumb. Yeah. Good, good stuff. Let's see. Favorite moment. Let's see. Kristen Lynn says when Sam finally nailed Kirstie Alley. <laughs> oh. Wade, this was good, too, when Cliff was on Jeopardy. Yeah. I do love that episode. That yeah. Great one. That was a very good episode. I, I wanted him to win so bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. I was but, cheering for him. But, yeah. of course, he had to be slapped down to reality, as Josh would put it. 
That's a very realistic thing to happen. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, Angela Barfield, when Sam got his bar back. Uh, One of my favorite episodes, again, because it's got Robin, and he essentially throws Robin under the bus, and Rebecca is like, oh, well, you know, torn between Sam and Robin, but she's like, well, at least Sam didn't, you know, rat on Robin, then it's like, oh, wait, he did. He did. Yeah, good for him, because yeah. this is bar. This is one true love. Let's see, random thought on the show. Kristen and Lynn wish they would have a reunion. A legit one, I agree with yeah. that. Let's see. Like, just bring them back for one episode, have a reunion at? Yeah, I think that'd be cool. Well, and not, I mean, like, it doesn't even have to be, like, because now people see through reunion shows or reunion movies. Like the gimmick of it? Yeah. Just have them sit around the bar and tell stories. Yeah. You know? I'd be down with that. Yeah. And you he, know what? They, didn't they? There was a show recently that they did that with. It was just one big on stage thing. Might not have been cheers. They should do a reunion at a con. Boom. Yeah. Done. Good luck. Maybe it. Maybe at Pensacon. Yeah. Hey, uh, guys, Pensacon. Uh, I will cut someone to moderate that panel. Random thought on the show. Wade says best sitcom ever created. Ooh. All Ooh. right. So where do you know. think it stands? Because yeah, right. like, like in my personal all-time favorite shows. Yeah. So like a good point. So first of all, what are some of the what what are some of the other big ones? You mean obviously Mash, Seinfeld. Um, can we go into HBO, or are we strictly yeah, with I mean, 80s? From, from what I've heard, you got to put The Wire up there. Well, the sitcom. A sitcom, sitcom, okay. Sitcoms. And then we'll Let's go see. into TV shows, okay. too. MASH, Seinfeld are you both never, definitely up there. You didn't see MASH. But I mean, I, I recognize yeah, like how... You recognize the... Yeah, I recognize it's, like, its place. It's like I never saw Willie that, Mays play, but that, that's Willie smart. Mays yeah. Is, yeah. is one of the best baseball players. And, and again, you know... Classic theme, classic opening title. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other sitcoms. Um, Friends is another one. Friends, yeah. yeah. Even though it's very campy for the most part, and it's yeah, but Cheers had some camp too. I, I'm not saying the camp is bad. What what I'm referring to is in that time frame, it was such there was such a bubble in America. Yeah, but Cheers was that, one of the na- number one shows until the last season. My I'm my point my point my point with friends though is that it's a great show even though there's not too much depth to it. You can still watch it, enjoy it, you can get really attached to the characters. And again, it's a show that ran for ten seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a show that ran for, you know, a decade. That that doesn't happen on accident. That's another one of those shows like I've actually I've watched Friends, but I've only seen a handful of episodes. I but I friends. But I recognize its popularity amongst pop culture, and I—I right. I mean, it would be below Mash and uh, Seinfeld and Cheers for sure. Yeah, there's just there's so many of any one person that's a fr- that's a fan of Friends can relate to so many of the different characters in different ways. I want to take this opportunity though to give a shout out because I've long since wanted to do this. Whoever in the later season of Friends. Put a Senate brand skate sticker on the fridge in Joey and Chandler's apartment. Contact me. You're a hero. <laughs> Shout out to the sticker guy. The so sticker guy. I'm looking Prop at master. I'm looking at Business Insider's uh, like top twenty 
um, sitcoms of all time. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so they have like Cosby Show 9. Cheers Ooh, comes Cosby in at Show. 8. Ahead of it is Friends. I disagree with that. Yeah. The Simpsons, which I... That's not a sitcom. That's, not, that's, that's a cartoon. No, it's a cartoon. That doesn't count. Andy Griffith. And again, that's before my time. We didn't understand the times. Yeah. I don't see it, though. Um, All in the Family. Now, I can see that. <laughs> to the moon. But All in the Family... Those were the days. <laughs> that's really good. You know, All in the Family that's obviously really doesn't stand the test of time. And that's the other thing I'll, I'll bring up in a minute is Cheers standing the test of time. But... All in the Family didn't stand up to that. I love Lucy. I can see it, but MASH and Seinfeld. So to me, though, Cheers stands in that pantheon of, of top five. Of I think you've got to put it top three. Yeah, or at least it, I, I would. To me, it is. It's Cheers, MASH, Seinfeld. You figure out the order. Generationally, it'll probably you know depend on, on how old you are. Yeah. I personally would put Seinfeld ahead of Cheers, even though it is like... I love Cheers as a TV show. Yeah, Seinfeld to me is a better sitcom because sitcom, it is, yes, it is the the best show about nothing ever. Yeah, Cheers and, did a good job of building a, a plot. And yeah. I'm I'm really not a huge fan of Seinfeld. I know that's probably going to get me chastised. Shut a, up. a show, a sitcom that I really enjoyed. I don't I don't consider it a top sitcom by any means, but is uh, Mad About You. It's a show that probably ran longer than it should have, but the the Paul Reiser character and just their relationship, it wasn't complete fake, and you know, you can look at the gloss of the show, but it was also the times, you know, it was the early 90s going into the late 90s, early 2000s, you know, it mm-hmm. was it was just the gloss of the time in the 90s, same thing with Friends. You had, uh, around that time, you had Mad About You... Um, one of my favorites, like news radio wings were coming out. Uh, Will and Grace came out just after mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Uh, not a huge Will and Grace fan, but it, it stood up. It had its standing. Yeah. But or its following, rather. But that's what's really surprising to me about Cheers, is I'm going back rewatching episodes that are over 20 years old, and they stand up. Something interesting. Some over 30. Some- yeah. Interesting, you guys mentioned the time frame. Stop I was thinking it's thirty. I'm I was I was thinking I was thinking about this on the. I'm taking the last pretzel. I was thinking about this on the drive over. This is actually the I think the 35 year anniversary. Is it not? 82. Well, no. If it started in 81, it would be. No, yeah. So because next year. Next year wow. So Derek, let's convene this one more time in a year. Yeah. And <laughs> you can work for a year on Shelley Long, and I will just berate her. <laughs> <laughs> no end. I will. I will find out everything here's, I know about Shelley Long and just dig her into the dirt. Here's what I'll do: if I get an interview with Shelley Long, I will let you come up with the questions. I will do zero prep work. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, my ultimate is that you get an interview with Shelley Long, and I get an interview with Kirstie Alley, and then it's just this whole battle of you trying to prove Shelley Long's worth and me trying to prove Kirstie Alley's worth. And then, at the end, we combine it all through the magic of digital editing to where we have them arguing. We, it's probably already on YouTube. That, somewhere. my friend, is genius. That's it. To, Best to, podcast of all time. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Are there any? Yeah, so, anything else we want to talk about? Yeah, like, there's a couple of things that I, uh, I had. Let me look at my, uh, my notes here. While you guys look that up, I'm getting another beer. Who had who had the best career post Cheers? Do you want one, Josh? Yes, please. Whatever it is, I'll right. take beer for three hundred. 
Best career post Cheers. Yeah. Like who who did Cheers not affect? Like to to me to me there's only two. Okay. Kelsey Grammer because yeah. he went on to do the Frasier show right. for ten years. He played that character for twenty years. Yeah, and that's, and that's, and that's mind blowing. That is, it, it's incredible, and especially like he was a classically trained actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a really good solid actor who got thrown under the sitcom in it, like, as an outlandish character. And he ends up doing well, you know. I mean, and again, playing the same character. I really wonder though if that was NBC's first choice for a spinoff. Yeah, you know, like you, you have to wonder, like because again, all these other shows, you know, Friends and and Seinfeld, they all gave spinoffs, and you really wonder if and they were all bad. Yeah, they're all bad. Yeah, Frasier was probably the most successful one, but you have to wonder if. He was their first choice, but so Frazier is probably one of the more successful. But who's your second? Uh, John Ratzenberger, for sure. Toy Story. And, and that and he's had a role in every Pixar movie that's I was ever about been to say, made. He's in Finding Dory. He's uh, he's uh, become kind of a great voice actor, mm-hmm. almost like Mark Hamill. You know, Mark Hamill's found great success as a voice actor. Ratzenberger really has too. So, last question. Where would you rank Cheers all-time favorite TV shows? This is including things like The Wire, Breaking Bad. Out of how many numbers? Like, what do we get? Um, You can just say, like, would you put it in your top three, top five, top ten? Josh? (laughs) I need a second to choose. I mean, to be perfectly honest... I would still put it in my top three TV shows. What are your other? What are your what other, other two? Okay, yeah. So what beats beat out? out what yeah. beats out? Cheers for you. So what does it beat out? I have a weird list. I love it though. But a lot of mine has to do with sentimental reasons. Okay. okay. Same here. My all-time favorite show, and it's not really a show, but it's whose line is it anyway? <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. All right. Wait. 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 The British. The, American. the, the British. The American British or the American. Um, to me, just because it's what I grew up watching, I would say the American one. The American, the full-on yep. Carey. With Drew Carey as the and, host. Um, what's their nuts? Exactly. Uh, Colin and Ryan. Yep. Because I spent so many hours watching that show with my parents. My favorite show is Ben Stein's Money. No. It's really <laughs> I love that sh- Ben Stein is one of my idols. You can maybe edit this out, but did we have a call in here? We did have a call from uh, from our boss at the Wahoos. You I, should randomly put him on and get see him in. Says. Get him on. <laughs> here, I, get him on. Can I call Adam? Yeah, go right ahead. All Let's right. do it. Let's get him on. Ask Adam a Special <laughs> phone guest, Adam. <laughs> This is going to add to his uh, count total for being on this podcast. I think this will be like nine for him. We should we should all get awareness stars for putting him on. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm not allowed to get awareness stars. Whatever. That's a bad that's a bad rule. Derek gets awareness stars. So Adam is coming up. I hope this picks up on. uh... (laughs) This is awesome. (laughs) Hey, Josh. Hi, Adam Waldron. This is the Derek Diamond Experience Cheers Roundtable Podcast. (laughs) That you are now a caller into. So how you doing, Adam? I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys doing? We are doing wonderful. So we actually have a couple of questions for you since you decided to call in. I uh, I told Derek we decided to take a uh, a special caller since you were calling in. So uh, can I be Chester from Cleveland? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we have Chester from Cleveland on the line. First thing I want to say 
Oh, God. Mega Ditto's there. Uh, a little talk radio joke there. So, Adam, where does Cheers rank in your top television shows of all time? Uh, Cheers for me was definitely a, uh, a show that, that I watched as a kid. Uh, it was one of those uh, shows that I think it came on, was it TV Land? <laughs> oh, my God. Or TV NBC. Or, or NBC. Oh my God, TV NBC for the ones who were pushing 30. Remember. Uh, I feel like I watched it, though, in not when it was, like, on, on, like, syndicated. Okay, but, I mean, did you like Cheers? Yeah, I did. Okay. I did. It had, what, uh, Woody Harrelson, um... Ted Danson. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that, and the yeah, other guy. The guy. The guy who went on to play, what, Pecker? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ted, Ted Danson, known for uh, playing Becker and uh, marrying Woody, uh, excuse me, Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, really? He married Whoopi Goldberg? Yeah, whole thing. Then what? Then what did? It, who's the lady? Was that Christy Alley? Yeah, Christy Alley was uh, was there for just over half the show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember her, man. I'm, I'm Sweet, Norm. sexy Christy Alley. <laughs> yeah, Norm. Man, yeah, yeah, we got a little Norm vibe going on with Bill here too. Okay, um, I'm trying to think. Uh, man, I'm really running out of characters that I remember. <laughs> well, obviously, it's not in your top three of television shows of all time, right? No, it, it, I, I, you know what? I'm probably going to be. It was one that's going to be childhood shows that I watched. All right, so what were your top top two or three? Well, from when I was a kid, or just total? Total, yeah. I mean, and we'll make fun of you after you're off the uh, off the off the phone. Uh, let's see, top show ever. Um, my number one show that, let's see, I got really excited to You watch. can't pick Interstellar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is anything with Matthew McConaughey in space? <laughs> True <know>. Detective? <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. That In space between, never mind, her chest. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, continue. Uh, I would have to say Burn Notice was probably my favorite show on uh, USA. Um, with a, uh, and then, see, I, I don't know. TV shows are so tough. There's a lot of TV shows that I like out there. Well, Adam, thank you for playing. We are out of time. We ran out of time for Adam Waldron. Sorry, folks. Uh, he's got to go. He's got a, a wife to tend to in a ballpark. So, uh, bye, Adam. Bye, Adam. More awareness stars. I get an awareness yeah, star. Awareness stars for letting you on the show. Bye. <laughs> Boring conversation anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping he'd say Interstellar. <laughs> oh, well, obviously, he's not a television junkie. But back, back to the topic at hand, I, I would still put uh, Cheers in my top three, but whose line is my favorite? Because of sentimental reasons. I mean, like, it's such a hilarious show. And I can't tell you how many hours I spent with my parents watching that show. Yeah, and so I'm going to put... Cheers is definitely in my top five. And it's up there with my current obsession of, of The Walking Dead. Huge fan of, of uh, The Wire. The Wire, to me, is the greatest television show ever made. I would probably have to put it in the top three. I would tie it with Seinfeld. And I really, you know, again, Seinfeld to me was a better sitcom, but the better plot line goes to Cheers. And 
Jerry Seinfeld really did make fun of the entire television industry and made it a success. So that's why I kind of lean towards it. Yeah. But I would I would call it definitely tied for third there in in my favorite, you know, in the pantheon of great TV shows. And again, I know there's people, uh, you know, young, uh, older than us that'll say, you know, the Honeymooners or or I Love Lucy or the Dick Van Dyke Show or any of that stuff. But, but it's also about a generational thing, right. too. Yeah. I, you know, like, I even watched the Dick Van Dyke show, you know, on reruns. And it yeah, used to come on Nick at night there, at, like, yeah. 11 o'clock at there, night. There should really be, I think there's two lists for everyone. Like, Adam was having a hard time. There's your top shows, and then there's your nostalgia shows. Right. Like, Power Rangers is a nostalgia show for and me see, but it's I, not a favorite show and i was just on that cusp of too old for power rangers and i just never watched it right yeah same thing for alf alf is a nostalgia show for me it's not a favorite show and see alf is one of my favorites and we actually watched it It was uh well there's a u-verse channel that is just like old television shows that yeah. at&t could afford <laughs> and so they had alf on like back-to-back episodes I know what channel you're talking about yeah. yeah and they had it on like you know seven times a week uh, hey, that's seven days. Awesome. I mean, I own all four box sets and the movie, but you know, it's just for the puppet. The the Ooh. dad and Elf, uh, Alf also uh, Alf, Alf yeah, exactly. Elf. The dad and Alf also was a uh, political opponent of Sam's love interest early on in the show as well. He was the uh, he was in Friends too. Yeah, but he. Uh, he ran against Sam's love interest, who was the... Uh, oh, that guy? Yeah, that was really? Alf, the Alf dad, who yep. ended up having a drug problem later on in life. But, really? Yeah. wondering what happened to him. I, mean, I, I never watched Alf, so I, yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, so uh, he just had a distinctive voice, and it's, he had it, Frazier and Diane working on his campaign. It, it's worth it to add to your repertoire, if nothing else. Yeah, Alf, again, stand, it stands the test of time. It, <clears throat> Peanuts, damn it. Um, stands the test of time and how it, like, the comedy is still relevant. Now, some of it, like, there's entire episodes dedicated to, like... Asparagus, asparagus. Like, Nielsen TV ratings, but... Yeah. But, like, his whole shtick of eating cats is just the funniest thing I've ever... Like, I have two cats, and I still joke that Alf is going to eat the two cats. Again, for me, you know, as far as Cheers goes in top shows, again, I think there's two to three lists. There's your top TV shows. There's top TV shows, favorite TV shows, and then nostalgia shows. As far as favorite goes, which I think is what we're talking about, I don't want to put it in the top ten because Cheers is better than that. I like Cheers way more. So I'm going to have to say top five. Um, but it, it's a, it's a list that like everyone, it goes up and down. Like I, Boy Meets World comes to mind as a favorite show. And by favorite show, I mean a show that you can pop the DVD in or you can binge watch it on Netflix. Not, not a great show. Cause like Game of Thrones, that is a great show. It's, you know, one of my favorite shows to, you know, watch as it's unfolding. It takes a lot for me to go back and pop in the DVDs and just watch Game of Thrones. You can't just watch Game of Thrones. You have to be amped up to do it, I think. Yeah. Um, so definitely in the top five for me, um, the number my number one show is constantly changing between two or three, but 
Entourage is always one that comes out. I love Entourage, but it's a terrible television show. It's one of my favorites, and it's a terrible television show. <laughs> for for me, what what oh, go- yeah, what got me early on is you know I'm I'm an aspiring director. You know, spoiler because huge Kevin Smith fan. So getting into that you know, life of the Hollywood star and filmmaking and, you know, seeing the industry, even though it's through a different lens, it's not through a reality lens or anything. It's through, this is what's going on in the show. It's still one of my favorites. And I thought the movie was a huge payoff to all the fans. Yeah. I, I loved the movie and mm-hmm. I think it had one of the greatest characters of all time that I begged for a spinoff. That's the only person I've ever wanted a spinoff for was Ari Gold. Ari but Gold. He, he hated his character. He's a classically trained actor who wants to spend most of his time on PBS. I'm looking at the Hollywood Reporter, Entourage 69th of all-time television shows. I'm getting... I'm, I'm, it, it's very niche. It's the, the subject matter isn't for everyone. It, the show that I could watch back the most is Entourage. Mm-hmm. I never missed an episode. I loved it and it is still a terrible television show that I will watch any day, <laughs> all day long, but I can't say it's one of the best. It's a terrible, terrible TV I show. I just love that explanation. You love it, but it's terrible. Oh god, it's awful. <laughs> well, I mean it's... It's, it's the, boobs, it's drugs, it's it, it's Johnny drama. Yeah, you know. That was, again, that was a great ending to that franchise is Johnny drama going victory. Victory! Victory! So, uh, any closing thoughts before we wrap this up? Yeah, let's go through some closing arguments here. So, uh... um, I think Cheers was a revolutionary show. I think it tackled real life issues. It created a very real environment that you could relate to, and it was also the kind of place. And it's like in the song. It's where you want to go where everybody knows your name. It's a place you want to go after work. You've had just a really, really shitty day, and you just want to sit down and have a beer with friends. I absolutely agree. Just to piggyback on that point, you know, from what I said earlier in the show, it reminded me of a lot about my childhood, as weird as that sounds, to talk about a bar. But it reminded me of my neighborhood. It reminded me of people I knew. It was a period piece that you became invested in these people. They became your friends. And I think it is going to be very, very difficult in the years to come in television to even scratch it. And for me, Cheers really is the epitome of, to me, the whole reason any show, any movie that succeeds is all about character development. They develop a character that anybody can relate to that has more than just face value depth. And Cheers did a very good job. Yeah, on the onset, they kind of gave you these characters that were sitcom characters, but they set them up. I mean, again, Sam Malone, this, this tragic tale of a bar owner who can't drink, who's a failed athlete living in what could be the most obsessive sports town ever, He's got this great tragic story just to start things off. And so they really did a good job of building relatable characters. And as great as the ratings were for later in, in Cheers' run, earlier on, especially that, that three through seven, three through eight seasons, they did a really good job of building believable 
relatable. Yeah, a little bit stretched out, but the characters were were just again, like you said, they're your friends, they're the people that you're going to sit down and have a beer with. You may hate them one episode. You may get pissed off at them one episode. You may say, you know what, I'm not going to talk to you for a couple of weeks. But when it's all said and done, you're going to sit there and go, man, I love Norm. Man, Cliff pissed me off, but I got I got to see what he says next. And I think that's the genius of Cheers is that they really developed characters. And any show that has had success or even movies that have had success, it doesn't matter what genre. It doesn't matter where they set it. Star Wars had a lot of copycats, but where the copycats fell short is they go, ah, space is where we've got to put movies. No, it wasn't space. So we have to develop these characters. And I think that was the uh, genius of Cheers. It's the story. The the story and the characters. And again, any character can have any stereotypical storyline. People are copying the same storylines. Actually, there's a really funny quip that Frazier has about uh, sci-fi movies Norman Cliff rent a bunch of old sci-fi movies, and as they start pulling them out, Fraser's like, oh yeah, that's the story of Jesus. Oh yeah, that's a Shakespearean tale just retold with robots. I can kind of agree with that. Is the, the stories are all there. They did a really good job of setting up the characters, setting up the background, and then they could do whatever they wanted to with the plot there. So, yeah. I, I, would just, I would just like to add um, to Derek's point, we all have our cheers in mm-hmm. life. We all have that place where, like you said, everyone knows your name. Somewhere you feel accepted. Somewhere that you know you have friends with corks. You know you get into situations with them, and I think that's why the show has lasted thirty-five years, has resonated this long, and will continue to resonate because we just. We we all have our cheers and we all have our norms and cliffs. Uh, that's Wahoo's after dark. <laughs> is where we all have our cheers. <laughs> that's that is a story for another podcast. And by the way, uh, Beatrice Bebe or BB Newworth appears to be unmarried at this time. So that's Lilith. She is hot and apparently she is single. So uh, if you guys excuse me, I'm gonna call one <laughs> Beatrice Newworth. Well, on that note. Thank you guys for coming by and discussing Cheers. It was a lot of fun. We'll have to do another roundtable. We'll have to pick something else. For and sure. Do this, again. This, yes. this was a lot of fun. I yeah, enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, we have to do this like quarterly. Yeah, absolutely. All right, thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. My thanks again to Josh and Bill for taking the time and having that really fun roundtable. I know we have another one in the works, so definitely stay tuned uh, to social media to find out what that discussion will be about. Next week, we'll be taking a look into the world of novels and comic books with writer Victor Gishler. And this is one of my all-time favorite interviews that I've done. Really nice guy, really fun conversation, just about so many wide variety of topics. You'll definitely want to come back next week and check out my interview with Victor. But until then, you can check out past episodes of this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Just search for The Derek Diamond Experience. You can also follow me on social media. I'm on Facebook and also on Twitter. My personal page is at Derek underscore Diamond, and the show page is at DDE underscore podcast. And that's all I've got, so enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and we'll see you guys back here next Thursday. 
listening to a Nerd Cave Network production. <laughs>